Scott. And this is Gabby. This is a song by the Psychedelic Furs called Pretty in Pink. Yes. Do you know what this song reminds me of? What? It's, it reminds me of that Cure song, Friday I'm in Love. Doesn't it kind of have the same beat? Kinda. It sounds the same but to me. The Furs did it first, so. The Furs did do it first. And I just like trivia right off the bat is that Molly Ringwald liked that song and wanted a movie made around that song. She did. Yes. And she got it done. She got it done. With the help of John Hughes. So speaking of that, sorry, jumping right into this movie, Pretty in Pink, that Todd and I are about to talk about. I was reading that there were like other people considered for her role, but he wrote it for her. It's probably because the internet lies. I'm I think thinking. the internet lies. Oh, I think many of the things that we use as a resource on pop culturing, which is Wikipedia and yeah. IMDb, it's just people making stuff because up. Because people can put stuff in there. And if you know the story, she he wanted to write this movie for her. This is basically her right. as Molly Ringwald. Like right. she said, this is the closest movie to who she is. And it, so why they're like, oh, they really wanted Jennifer Beals to do it, but it was hers. It sounds like it's made up. Let's just assume it's made up. All right, let's do that. Um, so this is a story, if you don't know, about Andy. And she's a kid from the wrong side of the tracks. Always on the wrong side of those tracks. And uh, she has a friend named Ducky. Yes. Played by John Cryer. Bestie. And then there's this guy named Blaine. Yes. Who's on the right side of the tracks. I guess. Because he wears a lot of linen. The linen in this movie Should is... Should we start with the linen? Beyond. The what, linen. what is the linen? Okay. The linen that the that everybody wears in this movie, and really I shouldn't say everyone, Blaine and Steph, but who a lot, is our But favorite. at the rich party, everybody had linen. Why is everyone wearing linen? Was that I a California f- thing? It must be because I was a North Shore boy. Yeah. And the, the privileged side of town. Yeah. I never, I never even saw anybody wear linen. You know what? Linen is totally a summer like fabric. Like yeah. it's a breathable, right. but it's so wrinkly. Yeah. Like I used to buy linen things occasionally, like a linen shirt or, but to buy something linen is just a headache. I know. And, the, and these guys weren't wearing linen shirts. They were wearing like linen suits. Right. Like they had on the jacket, they had on the shirt and they had on the pants. Yes. Steph was going to town. Stuff. We're going to talk about stuff. Um, so. And then there's Iona. Ioni? My fave. Iona. Iona. Mm-hmm. And Steph, played by James Spader. Right. Those are the main characters. So, okay. So, yes. So, Iona, who is Annie Potts. Correct. And Blaine is Andrew McCarthy. Obviously, um, Molly Ringwald is Andy. And then Ducky is played by John Cryer. And then James Spader as Steph. And then there's some other random people the thrown Dice in Man. there. The Dice Man. There's some, but let's let's not just go through these people. Let's like go through the movie a little bit and then get to them naturally. Um, I, how do you want to start? I have some observations. I have some questions for you. Okay, go questions. Start. Um, <laughs> I don't know where to start because I didn't order these. Um, just start. I, I, this Who is cares? a general question. Do you think that the movie overstates the 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 obvious black and white? differences of the rich kids versus the poor kids of course every 80s movie did so there's probably poor kids that hung with the rich kids of course did i mean think about your life like and again i i grew up in a town that wasn't so i didn't grow up in the valley i didn't grow up in uh you know a certain part of california or anything but i don't remember really thinking about people's money yeah you know like it wasn't like there was um somebody that in seventh grade and i remember he lived in a um it was like a trailer park yeah and we didn't think about it like it's not that we didn't see it it's that it didn't matter and people who lived in apartments and people who lived in big homes now i will say this there was a neighborhood where i grew up it was a street Mm -hmm. that was the rich street yes but and what was the name of that street, sweetie? I don't want to talk Come about on, my hometown. It. No, I don't want to talk about I just, you know, I just, everybody who's from DeKalb knows the street that I'm talking about. And there is... Wasn't Cynthia. It wasn't Cynthia. That I lived on the south side of town. Yes. And that was the north side of town. But even on the south side of town, there was, it was, I'd never, and I find this to be a blessing in my life. Like the socioeconomic issues were not challenging to me. Now, right. maybe they were to the adults that I was around, right. but I 
found it to be very comfortable mm-hmm. with everybody. Yeah. Like I didn't, but again, because we obviously noticed things, there were people who had big houses and you would talk about they had a big house. Yeah. But I can't necessarily say, and I, I definitely can say that they didn't necessarily have happier lives. You, do you know what I mean? I do. So it was, maybe people perceived that. And there's actually a scene in Pretty in Pink where um, Andy and Ducky are driving around and Andy is like observing all the houses and saying, oh, I bet they have no idea how pretty it is and they don't appreciate it the way I do. Did you like that scene? Did you think it helped with telling this story? Because it's aside from that scene, I feel like Andy is just this really solid female character. She doesn't lie. She doesn't cheat. She doesn't mess around. And that this is the only thing like she has some envy for the rich kids. And I think what she's recognizing in that moment is the people who live in that house do not have an appreciation of what they have. And of course you, you know, I just had a conversation with um, one of our daughters about this, where she was saying, she was saying that one of her best friends already knows the house she wants when she grows up and she knows what she wants it to look like. And our daughter was like, oh, I just, I can't wait until I have this certain house when I grow up. And I didn't like you know, trample all over her dreams and say the house is not going to bring you joy. But I think that's a very normal developmental feeling is that if I had a big house, then I would be happy and people would look at me a certain way. And there's a hint of truth to it. But the deep understanding is that house, it's kind of like getting a new car. You drive it off a lot and you're like, oh, the yeah. feeling has faded. Right. A day, a week, a month later, but it will fade. It will fade. And some people get houses and then continue to, to upgrade their house or get another house in another town. Fill the never-ending holes. Exactly. Sweetie. And then for some, they have an appreciation of where they live, and that's as far as it goes. Right. So this is not a judgment. It's just, I think that's a normal, like, yeah. teenage experience. So next question. Yes. Um, prom. I know that it dep- the answer is it depends, but is it me or... Is the prom thing a bigger <laughs> deal than it needs to be? In this movie, the prom is beyond. It's the whole thing. And and it's But they be- at least they talk about it like, Do you miss your prom? And Iona's like, No, I went to it. Like at least they're they're having a conversation about its importance. But I do think the whole movie is about the prom. Right. Well, and just the fact that, you know, it, it is a rite of passage. And who do you want to experience this rite of passage with? Right. You know? And again, the way the movie was written, um, it wasn't supposed to end the way it did. And I'm sure everybody knows this, but... Not everybody, sweetie. Well... Go ahead um, and tell them. Okay. So I feel like I'd rather hear a clip from this movie first. Just play us this something just so people can... This is one of Sweetie's favorite clips. So this is when they're in the record store... And Andy and Iona are hanging, and then Blaine shows up. <laughs> and you can hear the music change for Blaine. And in the background, you'll hear Iona, who's played by Andy Potts, talk to somebody on the phone. Not to somebody. It's Tyrone, her boyfriend. All right. Here we go. Trax, what do you want? Tyrone, you blow. You blow. Yeah, I'm working. Leave me alone. <laughs> That's thrilling. <laughs> I cook for you, I do your laundry, I sleep with you, now you want to ride to work? Please. Grow up. Grow up. <laughs> Take the bus. Take, Take the, the bus. bus. Take a cab. Take a cab. Just take your Fine. Off my Good. I Can I help you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can I get your opinion on something here? Don't. Maybe. Maybe. Is this any good? It's a Steve Lawrence album. Sticks and stones. So real quick. Sticks and stones. Steve Lawrence. Right. Like, is this a joke? Yes, he's trying to be funny. Oh, he is. Of course. Okay. Steve Lawrence is like an old guy. But he says he guy. takes it at the end. He does, but then he returns it. When? That's why he comes back to tracks because he so returns he wants- the album. He's like, this didn't work out for me. So he's buying it knowing so that, that they both know it. that this is a return. He's trying, And she says it's hot, white yeah. hot, which is like and a dumb thing to say. But he knows it's, it's a joke. It's like, okay, you know. I just, I wouldn't have bought it. I would say like joke and then let the joke kind of die. I wouldn't have to come back. But is he making but up see, a reason? it gives him a reason to, to come, come back. back. All right, let's finish, let's okay. finish this scene. It's hot, white hot. Good, I'll take it. Okay, um, that be cash or charge? American Express Platinum card, maybe? 
bus to the zoo. Cash. <laughs> you know, every time you go to the John, you lose IQ points. So pause it for a second. Is that good? So there's so much in like that's happening. So first of all, the American Express Platinum thing is she's she's, she's trying to diss him because he's a, he's wealthy and and at their school they they're called Richies. Yeah. Okay. Um, the South Side Soch, sweetie. The South Side Soch, exactly. And what's so funny is during that scene, and it's fun to listen to because Iona continues to have this conversation. And there's all sorts of things that she's saying, and there's more. But just for her to say. It's Walter, it's Walter Mondale. Yeah. Like people may not know who that is, but right. he was running for president. And so that was a big part funny. of our, it's funny yeah. to us. And then the other thing, this is like just a kind of a side note, but Annie Potts, who's so good in this movie. Um, and did you watch Designing Women? No. Okay. She was so good in Designing Women. It's like Women. the biggest girl show of all time, isn't it? I would say Golden Girls is one of the- I just don't know. I think Designing Women and Golden Girls is very extremely- Female focus. And for that time, it was great to have. Now right, there's a million female it, right. shows, right? But at the time, I loved so designing no, women. I didn't watch it. But the other thing is, is that Annie Potts was in Ghostbusters. Yes. And she answered the phone exactly the same way. Ghost Did you know that? Ghostbusters, what do you want? What do you want? Tracks, Tracks what, what do you want? want? Um, and she's also, for Skylar, who came down and watched Pretty in Pink with us the other night, she is Bo Peep in Toy Story. Oh, that's right. She is. So Annie Potts is So are we good treasure. with this scene? Tyrone, you blow. I think that was it, isn't it? And then she goes on to say something about bondage, and she's like, when I spent the night tied up in your car. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Let's finish that up. Bondage has no place in my life. Since when? Since I spent the night tied up in the backseat of your car. (laughs) That's really funny. (laughs) She's... She's so funny. Yeah, she has no filter. So here's what's funny about it. This is very similar to St. Almost Fire or when we watch watch Parenthood or all these movies that we do on pop culturing is when I watched this movie, let's see, it was 1986, correct? Uh, Give or take. So I I was in high school. So Iona to me was ancient. Okay, she seemed like, she was like a mom, yeah. which she was a mom figure for Andy, obviously, because Andy's mom left. Mm-hmm. Andy's mom had left three years prior to this time that right. she's in. Um, and so Andy is the surrogate mom. But she's only, what did you tell me? She's 32 in this movie? Yes, we did the math. Yeah. From what a comment, because she was 16 years older than Molly, than exactly. Andy was. And so she's she's just, she's so young yeah. herself. And, and she's such a good, like, actually, I have some thoughts about Iona at the end, but we'll, we'll talk about that. Okay. Remind me. Okay. I will, but she's a really great, um, it's like sometimes you need someone stable to bounce things up, Uh, you know, and she's also funny and Mm -hmm. she kind of comes off as not being stable, but the truth is she is for them. She's the adult in the room. Right. Put it that way. Right. Um, I want to play this one scene and I don't know if you read about this, but it's the girl that is her friend. It's not Ione. Iona. Iona. Why do you keep Sorry. saying Ione? Iona. <laughs> you're thinking Ione Sky from yes. um, Say Anything. Yes. So you're talking about Alexa Keenan. Yeah, and you know about yes. her? Yes, yeah, she so, plays Jenna. Yeah, so this is Jenna. Andy, what are you getting at? Are you, are you going out with a rich guy? I gotta go. Hey, wait, wait, you didn't answer my question. No. Good. All right, so that's her buddy. She's her the one. Real, her real big scene is when she's flips off Benny and yes. says, I hope they right. shrivel I, I up and fall off. Right. So she's her kind of crass best friend or right. one of her best friends who smokes in gym class. <laughs> right. Kind of a rebel. She doesn't care if she gets in trouble. Correct. And the movie is dedicated to this actress. Yes. And do you know why? Because she died. And how and when? Well, it's it's a kind of a bit of an urban legend because, uh, not an urban legend, it's got some mythology around it, I guess, because they first said, first they didn't say how she died. Right. They just, and so people assumed it was a drug overdose. Then there was thought that she was beat up by her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Did you hear that? Did you find that too? I read that one too. And then, so there were, it was that she was murdered. And then there was discussion later on that she had died of a heroin overdose. Right. But then there was some like diabetes thing. Oh, a medical condition. Yeah, a medical condition. And they still don't say, even though I think there were, John Cryer did an interview 10 or 20 years after the movie. This movie is now 33 years old, by right. the way. And he said, 
from what I understand, she died of a heroin overdose. So that seems to be where people landed, but we don't know. Yeah. It's kind of one of those things. Kind of creepy. So she's so interesting in this movie because I, I remember seeing her. So she was in Little Darlings. Do you remember Little Darlings? No. Christy McNichol and Tatum O'Neill. I remember Christy McNeil. I had a big crush on her. You did? Yes. Everybody had a big crush on her. Um, and she was one of the girls. So was Cynthia Nixon in Little Darlings. Oh, wow. It had a lot of uh, big name actresses. But so I remembered her face. and But I felt like she looked old right. in this movie. Not like, I mean, she was she was probably a 20-year-old. Yeah. So it's not like, I'm not trying to say that like she looked, she just didn't look like a teenager to me. Right. And obviously she didn't act like one. Right. That whole gym class scene is hilarious because not only are they in gym and she's smoking, Mm -hmm. but their gym outfits are like a navy blue romper. Yeah. Yeah. What's up with that? I don't know. And then Andy is wearing like tights under her blue romper. Yeah. It's it's all very confusing. All right. Let's go to another question. And then I'm going to play some parts of our favorite hero of this movie. (laughs) There's so many things. Wait. Don't go away from Alexa. So there is a scene. That Alexa? scene that you. Who's Alexa? But that's her name. Jenna is her name oh, in the okay. movie. Um, so in that scene where basically Andy is asking her best friend, would you ever date someone who's rich? Which she's just trying to feel out. Is this going to be okay if yeah. Blaine asks me out? She's going to have acceptance from her peers. Correct. Which is Jenna's like basically no. And yeah. why would you even ask me that question? And she's sitting with. Jenna is sitting with her boyfriend named Simon. Yeah. Who is actually Dweezil Zappa. And. Dweezil Zappa and Molly Ringwald were dating at the time. Mm-hmm. And there's actually a scene in Tracks when she's sitting waiting for Blaine to show up where there's a big album cover yeah. that says Dweezil. So she had some major influence in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. And it, at, to your point, she also said that this was the favorite of her mm-hmm. movies that she did. Because it was her. And if you think about it, it's because she's pretty much just a strong character, whereas yeah. Claire from 16 Candles mm-hmm. is kind of a press or whatever. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, Andy, as I rewatched this through adult lenses, um, she's just a solid person. Well, she's a girl of integrity, but I will also say, because I have to be a therapist, she's very parentified. Yes. Which means that he, her dad, so her mom left three years ago. It sounds like the dad and mom struggled throughout there. Because she said, she has the scene with her dad where she said, I knew like at five, how did you not know? Right. And she's like, I knew at 14, how did you not know? So she knew she was one of those kids who's like, this is not working. And her dad can't seem to get over it. Um, Do you want to hear that? Sure, scene? sure, go ahead. This is pretty intense. It's intense, yeah. feel about me? Yes. Well, I didn't know this. Well, now you do. Oh, you know everything now, huh? You're 18 and you've got a scholarship and uh, you're uh, grown up and free and I'm just an ignorant son of a bitch that never gave you anything. Hey, I never asked for anything. Oh, that's brilliant. Why can't you just forget her? It's late. you got school. No, don't walk out on this. Will you please just listen to me? Please? I've already been through this, Andy. Sure, you go through it every day. You're still going through it. Why can't you just realize that she's gone and she's not going to come back? She's never coming back. Shut up! Why can't you accept it? She's just gone. Why can't you accept it? Because I love her, that's why. Well, I loved her too, you know. She just didn't love us back. Okay, she tried. I don't know, she just couldn't handle it. But I, I knew it. I knew it all along. I mean, when I was five, I felt it. Remember when she didn't come home that time? I knew it then, I knew why. I was 14, and I knew it. You were 50, and you didn't. So what's cool about John Hughes is it's a weak male character, yep. dad, mm-hmm. You know, he's he's Well, he's a grieving man. Let's not call him weak because anybody would be devastated if their partner left. And I I guess the weakness comes from, and you're right, my my words are wrong, but he can't find a job. He can't do the things that you're supposed to do, which is- His grief is disabling him. And the mom bails. How many movies can you think- where moms bail. Yeah. They rarely ever bail. Yeah, it's not very common. I mean, that was, it's funny because that 
kind of became a theme in the 80s where there was a lot of dads taking over because yeah. we found comedy yeah. in dads, you know, three men and a baby. Mm-hmm. And um, and even though this was a different kind of scenario, because I think she died, but Full House and then there was My Two Dads. Well, the new storyline in This Is Us uh, has the young man who got as his teenage girlfriend pregnant and the teenage girl and her family just says, you want this kid? Take him. Right. I'm sure there was more to it, but yes, he's raising. He's raising and there's, and the mom's still around, but not part of the equation. Absolutely Crazy. It's, and we've had a lot of talks about that story. Because all we ever hear is about how the dads bail. Exactly. And it's not because there isn't, nothing is absolute. Like when you look at the statistics, Teenage mom, or excuse me, single moms are a heck of a lot more common than single dads. It's kind of like when we talk about even something like sexual assault. Men and boys can be sexually assaulted too, but the statistics veer more toward girls and women. So, but yes, in this situation, her mom left and she is parentified. She has taken on the role, like she makes him breakfast, she gets him up in the morning, and he's he's such a schlup. Yeah. You know? Like this, even this actor, like he just you can he he's just smoking all the time. He just seems he just doesn't seem like and he's I showered a lot. I kind of just assume that he's an addict, but he's not. No, I don't think he is. Just I think he's just grieving. Man. Interesting. At least they didn't if that was part of his storyline, they didn't share it with us. Yeah. Um okay, so this is real quick in the record store. This is one of our introductions of Steph. Okay. Who's our favorite? Well, the the Hey buddy. What's up? Nothing. Hanging out. What are you shopping for records or something? <laughs> Yes. You find that in it? No, not really. Not really. Well, are we going to shoot some track or what? Because, I mean, if we're going to shoot, we got to shake it, man. I don't have any place. What is shooting track? Sh- shooting track? Shooting trap? What does that mean? I have no idea. Maybe, like he's saying, need... maybe he's talking about shooting skeet? Like Oh, shooting trap. Here's the thing. It's, um, yes, it's it's trap shooting. Of yeah. course, which is a rich person yes. going out and shooting guns. Yes. And, yeah, okay, so now I understand that, because okay. I didn't understand that. But the best scene, well, okay, there's so many good scenes with Steph, but one scene that I missed the first time I saw Pretty in Pink, whenever this was in high school, I think I came into the movie late, if okay. I remember correctly. Like in the theater? Correct. Okay. And the, the scene that I missed that is really important to understand is that in the first, when the song is still playing and Andy goes to her car, mm-hmm. Steph walks up to her yeah. and says, basically... We need to get together. Yeah. And, you know, every girl at this school has gone out with me. What makes you so different? And she says, I think, like, I have some taste or something. But the scene of the movie is set by the fact that Steph has always wanted to date Andy all four years. And she has said no. Mm -hmm. And he is... And, you know, we can debate why this is, but the most popular guy at school. He's the one who has all the parties. Because he wears linen suits, sweetie. I, you know, and so that sets the stage for all the issues in this movie. And I missed that the first time. And I was like, God, why does he hate her so much? And he didn't hate her. He cared about her. He he, he liked hey, her. <laughs> How you doing? Hey, buddy. What are you up to? Oh, not much. Going to class? Well, I saw you outside. So? So, what were you doing? What are you, my mother? Come on, I gotta go. I'll see you later. Blaine, what's going on? Nothing. Well, not nothing. I mean, I saw you talking to that chick. What's her name? Eddie or something? Eddie. So what do you care? Listen, my best friend is conversing with a mutant, you know, and I'm curious. I don't think that's any reason to get defensive. I'm not defensive. You just happen to like her, right? Listen, all right, it's, you know, it's your life. It's none of my business. You really don't think she's got something? No. I really don't. I'm sorry. Is that really his best friend? Because you need to get some better friends if that's your best friend. But don't you think that there are, first of all, high school movies are extreme, right? Mm-hmm. But that sometimes you grow up with certain people that they're just in your, because uh, Steph mentions um, Blaine's parents a few times. Yeah. So you know they're family friends. Yeah, they know. They, and they, they go to the same yacht club together right. or whatever. And so you know that they may not be, hey, you're the best thing that ever happened to me. But when you grow up with certain people, they're just your friends. Yeah. And okay, so- so let's just dig into Steph a little bit. So first of all, that scene is so funny because I did write this down that he calls her a mutant. Yeah. There. So in this school, okay, I'm going to back up even more. Back, 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 back it up. Back sweetie. it up. So 
there's this scene where Andy ends up in the principal's office and the principal is talking to her about just kind of lay low, you know, like you graduate, you've got the scholarship. And she kind of says something to the effect of, you're just saying I'm lucky to be here. Mm -hmm. So there must be something like when they're talking about a scholarship, are they talking about her scholarship for college or the fact that she gets to go to this school? Good question. I don't know. Because there seems to be a very big, like there seems to be this thought that there are certain kids that should not be at this school, like Jenna and Andy. Yeah. And so then all the kids. Because most of the time there's, I don't know, sorry to interrupt. There's the rich school and the poor school. Right. And in this school, it's both. Right. Right. Which can be common, hopefully, in certain areas, you know, where you have, a, like I said, socioeconomic all over the place, you know, all different levels. Yeah. But there's something about just the way that they're treated, that there is a belief system that they shouldn't be there. And in the high school... If you go out the back door of the high school, and this high school was used for another movie too. Did you read that? Greece. No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Same high school. Yeah. How cool. So um, if if you go out the back door of this high school, all of these kids, what do they call themselves? The Richies are inside, but uh, what is- I don't think that John Hughes decides to use a label for them. They're, they've kind of got some fun style and they just are, you know, a little more laid back, I guess. But they all hang out out there and that's where Blaine was. And when Blaine walks out there, they don't really want him there either. Right. No. You know? Oh, and they, and that's the thing. Like, it's an exaggerated scene. Like, are all the kids going to, like, walk up and give him the stink eye just because he's walking? And maybe they <laughs> maybe. would. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. And that's, again, we're just so... The mean girl things that we had to grow up with mm-hmm. were so ex- off the charts, like Benny in this movie. Okay, yeah. I'm veering away from Steph, but I'll get back. Benny is horrible. Who's Benny? So Benny is Steph's girlfriend, yeah. and she's just not a nice person. Um, and then another uh, celebrity sighting, her good friend is Gina Gershon. Yes, did you know that? That is Gina Gershon. Whatever. Gershon. Ger- I was listening to St. Elmo's Fire, and at some point I said, Emilio Estevez. Yeah. <laughs> so Which maybe- is, I think, the proper way to is say it? his last name. Okay. Uh, but everybody else says it differently. But then later on in the podcast, I said Emilio Estevez. So it's either Gina Gershon, 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 or I can't say it, but the, it's her. The, I think we all know who you're talking about. <laughs> She's in the movie. So back, back to Steph. So first of all, James Spader wanted this role really bad. He actually uh, he embodied it. He embodied it. He, I think he tried out or what, whatever you called auditioned for Blaine, but he's like, I want to no, be Steph. No. Okay. He's so tired. Yeah. I feel like he's on Quaaludes during the whole movie. So he's just tired. Maybe he's supposed to be on Quaaludes. He's like a 40 year old man yeah. in an 18 year old body. Right. He drinks, you know, whiskey straight up. He rolls his own cigarettes, or he's rolling a joint. Yeah. Maybe he's getting high. Maybe he's just smoking Maybe a lot of weed. Maybe he's high the whole time. Maybe. Um, but he just seems exhausted and put out through the whole movie. Even the way he talks, it's almost like you have to listen really close to know what he's saying. I'm saying all that, but I love him. Like, he's my favorite character in this movie. That's Actually, you're you're beating me to the punch, because I was going to ask you who your favorite character is, and well, I figured it'd be between Ione. Iona. Iona. <laughs> And Steph. Well, let me say let me say that again. It's the two of them. He's you my favorite choose, male. Sweetie. Who are you going to choose? No. Sweetie, if, my, if I have to choose. The correct answer is Steph. Okay. He's the one that makes me laugh the most. Of course. He's really funny. Well, plus, he's in it more. He is. Than well, Iona. Iona has some big scenes. She does. But, but Steph is... Um, awesome. He just... He sets the tone. He's funny. And he has... And I, I hope you'll play this scene. I, I don't think you have yet. Okay. So... At one point, Andy and uh, what's his name, Blaine, are finally going out on a date. And he thinks he has a brilliant idea to take her to a party at Steph's house, which why he would think that's a good idea is beyond me. Right. He goes to this high school. He knows he his knows what's up. judgments exactly. of anybody that isn't within their circle. He's already called her a mutant. Yeah, it's almost like John Hughes is like, well, I need some drama, so I need Blaine to be ignorant and think that everything is going to be okay. When in fact, in the real world, of course, you would go, you'd go get pizza, right? Go you, to dinner, yeah. And I okay, or you'd go to a movie. So let's set up that for a second. I keep going back to other things, but there's too much. So he picks her up at tracks because yeah. she doesn't want him to go to her house, 
And they walk out. And the first thing he says to her is, do you want to go home and change? Yeah. Awful. And she Oops. said, I already did. That's what you call faux pas. That's it, just so bad. Would you ever say to anyone, do you want to go home and change? He's used to seeing girls with rich clothes. But she looks amazing. She's got that cute little outfit on. Like, that's probably the best outfit she has on. There's Compare that outfit to the outfits that the Richies wear, sweetie. I guess. I guess I wasn't noticing the girls' clothes. I was noticing their prom dresses. But anyway, so then he says, let's go to this party. And she's like, no. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, no. It'll be good. It'll be good. So then they go to this party. As soon as they walk in, people are making fun of Andy. She's like, aren't you in my something class? Chemistry or whatever. She's like, Jim. She's like, nice pearls. Like she, She's like, your name is Jim? Your name is Jim. <laughs> so already people are horrible. If I was Blaine, I'd be like, okay. It's time to skedaddle. Time to skedaddle. It's really skedaddle. uncomfortable. But then in, when she wants to leave, instead of leaving, he says, let's get some beer and pretzels mm-hmm. and go up to a room, which, Why? And he's like, don't, I'm not going to touch you, but mm. why are we staying in this house? Because she's still going to have to walk out the door eventually. Yeah. Bad plan. Yeah. Blaine is not the best romantic. Do you think? Okay. So then they walk up and they happen to go into Steph's parents' room mm. and Steph's in there with Benny. And then just the whole, everything that Steph says at that point is funny. Do you yes. have that scene pulled up? I... Hey, Blaine. Steph. How are you doing? All right. All right. No, I'll get another room. No, 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 no. Come on. I'm just um, watching some tunes here. They're watching cartoons. Who who you got with you here, Blaine? Uh, Andy. This is Steph. Steph, Andy. Oh, it's very nice to meet you, Andy. Uh, listen, uh, you want to come sit down? Or you want the bed, is it? No. No, we're fine. At least come in and have a drink. Let's go. Can I get you something? I mean, this is my last serious party of my high school career. Hope you guys are gonna tough it out until Sunday at least when the folks get home. I think this one may just finally kill the old son of a bitch, Blaine. Another giant step away from virginity. I win. You're a slut, aren't you, Benny? Oh God. Am I having a nightmare? We got guests. I know you. You're in my calculus class. Jim. Your name's Jim. You are worthless, aren't you? Oh, Steph. So, okay, first of all, think about all those mean things he's saying. He calls her a slut, Mm -hmm. and then he says, you are worthless. Yeah. And then he that scene goes on where he says even more. He says something about getting her some ribs or something. Yeah. So Benny's horrible. It's not that she's necessarily deserving of, but still, like, she's, those are not nice things to say, and that's his just, like, low-key commentary Mm -hmm. can you imagine what he says if he's mad um and so what i don't like about that scene is blaine just sits there i mean he says a few things he yells back at benny but take her take her out of that room yeah blaine's got to get out of dodge in a hurry blaine has to like get a spine he's one of the weaker characters we've seen i know and clueless and maybe this is all the point like maybe john hughes is like yes he's clueless and now let me say this i'm gonna jump in in the middle because we didn't say this at the beginning she wasn't supposed to end up with blaine right so maybe throughout the movie we're supposed to get a hint to why he may not be what's best for her Mm -hmm. um because he's kind of well and what that tells me as far as we're jumping to the ending is john hughes didn't have final cut of course he didn't which i'm and actually that's what drove him to make some kind of wonderful. I know. So some he's like, I don't want the message that you're only, you know, that she's going to end up with this rich guy. Yeah. I'm going to make a movie where the friends actually do get together, which is Watts. And what's his name in the movie? Um, God, what is his name? Her, so Watts is Mary whatever. Stuart Masterson. Stuart Masterson. And then Amanda Jones is... The girl from Back to the Future. Yeah, that's Leah Thompson. Leah Thompson, thank you. And then Eric Stoltz is... It's like David or something. It's something simple. Because you remember how much his sister hates him? Yeah. Um, So I'm going to look it up because I want to know what his name is in that movie. But anyway, so to your point, that is why Some Kind of Wonderful was made. And I liked Some Kind of Wonderful. Did you? Some Kind... It's all right. It's not that great. I remember... I, I didn't... I don't know. I mean, it just kind of Keith, 
His name was Keith. Keith. There you go. Keith and Watts and Amanda Jones. Um, so after, uh, so they do this party. Right. And then they leave. And then they leave and then they go to the... After all that emotional abuse. Yeah. And, and then verbal they go abuse. To, and then it doesn't matter. So then they have another date at the horse barn. Wait, don't go too far ahead. You're missing that whole horrible time when he's like, so they go to Cats at that yeah. bar where, you know, Jenna and everybody hangs out and Ducky's there. And that's a whole scene that, but then he says, he's like, let's go do something else, you know, hang out with your friends. I can't remember what point he says this, but you and I were disagreeing about what he said to her. He's, I thought he said, hang out with your friends, crawl under a rock. Yeah. And I think it was a more benign statement. Like we could crawl in a rock. We can go to your friend's house. Like, it, like I think they're two very separate ideas. And you're like, you thought that he meant, let's go see your friends and crawl under, under a, a rock. rock. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't follow that. Okay, I always thought that he was kind of being a jerk. But anyway, then they go to the horse barn. Okay, um, and this is their second date. So I, I'm not going to play that scene, but they're whatever, holding the hands and all that. Here's my question: Did they do it? No, I don't think so. I don't think they had sex. I don't think there's any reason for me to believe that they did it. So like up to this point in the relationship. They've kissed. They've just kissed. Because he, at the first date, he asked her to prom and that's what made her want to make out with him Mm -hmm. because, because they had had the worst night. And by the way, Todd, one of like the, like worst things um, that she says is, I'm really sorry for bumming out the night for you. Mm-hmm. If that isn't like yeah. such a female eighties thing to say, and I'm yeah, she's still apologizing this, for something that she that had nothing to do. She with. She had nothing to do with like maybe Ducky treating him poorly at cats, right. but really the night started with his poor decision. You know, both of them are just figuring out that they just don't blend into each other's worlds, yeah. but she apologizes to him. And then, you know, he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I overestimated my friends. I screwed up, whatever it may be. Then he asked her to prom and it's like, everything's great. Yeah. But really they've had a horrible night. Yeah. Um, and then they go. Because he kisses her in he front kisses of the car. Her in front of the car. And then they do the backup pan back. Yeah. So you can just see the car behind them. And then they go on this other horse date and they just sit in the hay. Hey now. And here's one of these phrases from Pretty in Pink that drives me crazy. Two or three times. And I think Blaine says it most of the time, but they're like, this is going to happen. We're going to make this happen. What happened? Yeah. They just basically met. I, they, they just basically met and he, oh, I know what he says at the horse farm. He says, are we going to do this? I want to, I really want to do this. And I remember even, I don't know if it was the first time I saw it or the first time I saw it on videotape or whatever, but I was like, what, why did they keep talking about what they're going to do? I think they're going to say, are we going to make a run at this? Are we going to date each other? Even though both of our sets of friends don't want us to, I guess I get that. But, and, and again, it's the screenwriting is what it is, but do you ever really say that to somebody? Are we going to do this? Cause it sounds like you're jumping way far ahead. We're right. on our second date in the horse barn, in the horse barn. Are we going to do are we going to go on another date maybe? But what does it mean? Are we going to do this? And here's the crazy part. That whole time Blaine is lying to her because he already knows he's bailing. So he At says to her. At what point does Blaine know he's bailing? Horse, horse date. Really? Mm-hmm. Because they kiss and he's like, you don't lie, do you? And she has all of her big lines of like, I don't, I don't yeah, have to says, lie. Yeah, yeah. Or she says something like, I can't be with someone who doesn't believe in me or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's, And I shouldn't say whatever. There's supposed to be meaningful lines. But then they kiss and then she kind of puts her head on his shoulder and you see him spacing out mm-hmm. and he is bailing. Yeah, because he's he's um, breaking at the pressure of his friends. He is because I think, if I remember correctly, the very next scene is her calling and him not picking up the phone. Yeah, and that's when you realize that he is, oh, he's that type of guy. And his mom picks up the phone and she's like, tell him Andy called. And the mom's like, who? Mm-hmm. So you know that this has not been shared, yeah. that he's dating this girl. Right. Now- I got to jump to the end and bring in because, okay, so we talked about they went on this horrible date that was like horrible except for the prom invitation. And then they did the horse barn date, which could have been great. I mean, we only got to see a piece of it. But then when Andy comes home from, no, Todd, it was when Andy came home from the first date, her dad was home and she sat down and he said something like a good kiss um, you know, yeah. can make you feel whatever. Yeah. And she's like, yeah. And he's like, are you in love? And she's like, I think I am. But isn't that like the 17 year old, 16 year old 
boy or girl that kisses somebody and, and mistakenly thinks it's love. I guess. She just seems like she's got a better head on her shoulders. Right. Did you think the first girl you kissed you were in love with? I don't remember. A long time ago. Because there was just so many people. There's so many. <laughs> Playing Dungeons and Dragons in my basement with my three buddies. Well, I, I just think that there is just no way that they're like... And then Blaine at the end with his his new hair is like... I love you always. What do you mean his new hair, sweetie? Well, in the last scene, and we're you know jumping ahead, but so you explain, you explain what happened. I'm doing a lot of talking. Um, so they, so the ending was Ducky. She was supposed to hang with Ducky. She's supposed to date Ducky. She's supposed to end up with Ducky. They they screened it to some screening audiences, and they realized they didn't like it. My my hypothesis is because there's no chemistry between these two. Correct. People. Correct. John Cryer and Molly Ringwald. There was no chemistry. So they're like, instead, let's have her go with Blaine. Right. And they did, but it was a reshoot. They thought the movie was done filming. It was a wrap. It was a wrap. And then they had to bring Andrew McCarthy back, who shaved his head for a different role. He was in a play somewhere. Andrew McCarthy is wearing a wig. And I've never understood why he looks so crappy sitting in that white tux. And then... Through doing re- research for this podcast, it I found out that he they had put a wig on him, which was pretty bad wig. Bad wig, and that's why he looks like crap because it's not his hair. Because he's got nice hair. He does in the rest of the movie. Part of Blaine's charm is his hair. Yeah, like he looks. He his hair is and Steph's hair. Come on. Yeah, well, Steph's hair is just golden. Just stop. Just love. Um, it. But you know his hair is good, and then he's sitting at that prom again, like a schlup in his white tech tux, and his hair is bad. And that's when he tells her he loves her, and then they get to go have another car make out. They don't get in the car. They just stand in front of the car. You told me you couldn't believe in somebody who didn't believe in you. I believed in you. Always believed in you. Just didn't believe in me. I love you. Does he really love her? I love you. And then he says, always. Not always, always for like another day. You or know what? Week. <clears throat> I'm realizing that Andy and Blaine did have one other moment, and it was really weird and odd. And it was when they're in the computer lab, and Andy's doing some homework, and they're on those horrible data processor computers, and Blaine does a little computer trick. Yeah, and he that's what gets her. Shows up on her screen, and then they both stand up, and he's right in front of her. Mm-hmm. But what's so funny about that moment is what happened after that. Yeah, they both stood I feel up. Like there's some missing pieces to this movie. There are because later when he comes out behind the high school, when Steph calls him a mutant, she says, "Oh, I really liked your computer trick." So did they not speak after the computer trick? Did they just stand up and look at each other and walk away? No idea. Tell me another movie where there is an 80s movie. Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, Come on. Okay. That's too easy. All right. Everybody knows that. Um, I like the intensity of this scene. Oh, Andy, I'm having a bad day. Can we talk later? No. What about prom? Come on. Why don't we just meet after school? No! What about prom? Andy, come on. Just say it. What? Just say it. I want to hear you say it. Andy, please. All right? So just so you know, Steph is kind of in the background. So is Ducky. Everybody's supposed to be like in class and nobody, uh, uh, the four major players just happen to be in the same place. They're watching. I want to hear you say it. A month ago, I asked somebody else and I forgot. You're a liar. You're a filthy fucking no-go liar. You didn't have the guts to tell me the truth. Just say it. I'm not lying. Tell me. What? Tell me. What do you want to hear? Just tell me. What? You're ashamed to be seen with no, me. I am you're not. ashamed I to am go not. out with me. You're afraid. No, you're terrified that your goddamn rich friends won't approve. Just say it. Just tell me the truth. You don't understand that it has nothing at all to do with you. Andy's a warrior, at least in this scene. Well, <clears throat> here she is like Okay. She's so old for her age. Yeah. And so she's already kind of carved out her life. She's got Ducky as a best friend. She's got Jenna. She's got cats. She's got her grades. And she doesn't need to. And again, I feel like I'm like 
pleading her case here, but she doesn't need to lie. Yeah. Like her life is pretty simple. Like yeah. she, what you see is what you get. This is who I am. I already put myself out there. Like all the the kids wear hats. All the different kids. Do you notice they all wear hats? The poor kids. Like Andy's wearing his hat, and Ducky yeah. wears his hat. You yeah. know, they wear their hats, and he just is. You know, Blaine's a poser. Like he's he's trying to demonstrate he's somebody, and she brings that out in him that he's actually to your point or no you were talking about the dad before blaine is weak yeah now i would use that word for him completely weak yes yeah he's you know everybody has probably been caught in a lie or just just hiding something right and he has nowhere he's just no he's just trying to run away and hide well he's just trying to blow her off did he not think she was going to be at school and and sometimes people do that and it just turns ugly differently what's cool about this scene is andy's not going to have it she wants to look this man in the eyes that's right whereas most of the time you know whoever is being deceived they'll slink away well just you know get small and she's like just is in his grill there's like a great friends episode where um joey i can't remember what's happening in the episode, but I think Monica or Rachel says to him, and you guys are going to do that thing where you just stop calling and then you, you know, you make us break up with you. Mm -hmm. And he's like, Oh, you know that trick? (laughs) Like it's a total, like guys think if I like blow you off enough, you're just going to get pissed at me and leave. It's just burying your head in the sand. Absolutely. They're not willing. Um, so random questions. If Andy's so poor, why does she have a car? Not only why does she have a car? Why does she have an awesome pink car? Yeah. That's that was my first thing on my list is I I remember again from childhood being like how does she have that car? Yeah. I guess it's because she works at tracks and she has her own money. Yeah. And it's definitely not from her dad. So here's this I I think this is an important question. Okay. Does Andy know that Ducky likes her as much as he does? I think she does and I think she How can that not interrupt their friendship? Well, I think it was a different time. And I also think, and again, this, they could have just been joking, but you know, that interview we watched yesterday, um, that quick one where it's Molly Ringwald yeah. and John Cryer and Annie Potts, yeah. like a couple of years ago is the way that Molly Ringwald read this script is she knew that Ducky loved her, mm-hmm. but she felt he was gay yeah. and loved her like, you know, a best friend loves right. and that he wasn't, he hadn't come out yet. He wasn't ready to come he out. He was still confused. He was still, and so he did love her, but not in the way, not in the way that she and Blaine cared about each other. Although the evidence is, I love, he's like, I love this woman. You know, he's sitting yeah, there he talking like in the mirror. Does. Yeah. So he's, let's just assume for a second, Ducky's gay. Right. He is either confused by those feelings and he's somehow channeling it, directing it towards Andy. Right. Or he, or he's straight. He's straight, and right. he just loves Andy. And I think John Hughes wrote it that he was straight. Yeah, I think and, so too. Um, just like you wrote some kind of wonderful, everybody was straight. But I think from and you read the same thing I did. But they really wanted uh, Robert Downey Jr. to play Ducky. Yeah, and he may have been. If Robert Downey Jr. played yeah, Ducky, yeah, then the audience would not have wanted Correct. a different ending. Correct. Which is why, so John Hughes. I think John Cryer is actually good in this movie. Right. I think he's funny. I think he's entertaining, but there's no chemistry. So I think they miscast him. Correct. And they, it just became a different movie because it was John Cryer. Yeah. And if it was Robert Downey Jr., we would have been like, yay. Yeah. You know, maybe. Right. I mean, I guess you never know. It's just, uh, you that know. That would have been good. Yeah. Um, so. So the, our favorite part of this whole movie comes next because there's this something that we say in our family a lot, which is... This part? You got a problem, friend? That, that part. Problem. We say that all the time. You got a problem, What's friend? happening in the movie when that so happens? So right after that whole showdown between Andy and Blaine, they walk away, run away, and Ducky is still in the hallway, and Steph is still in the hallway, and Steph is still moving like like a sloth because he's... Because he's got high he's, two hours ago in the bathroom. He just got high or he's just had some whiskey. And um, Ducky's all like worked up. So oh, yeah. their energies are really funny because yeah. they're like opposite energies. And so Ducky's staring him down. Which is kind of... Because Ducky's like this feeble little poor kid. Right. And... Steph is this rich, popular kid. Right. And Steph, so Steph turns around and says, You got a problem, friend? You got a problem, friend? So Steph walks away. Andy tackles him. Not Andy, Ducky. I'm sorry. Ducky tackles him. Uh, I think who somebody draws blood on. Oh, Steph got uh, bloody mouth. Yeah. Ducky goes, yeah. goes crazy. Goes and he, he's getting some shots in. And then, then we love it because the teachers come out, don't say a thing. Yeah. 
And where have they been for the last whatever? They come out. They don't say a thing. They pull them off each other. Still don't say a thing. Ducky runs away, yanks down the prom sign, which is probably symbolic. And then... um, and then Steph spits. Spits on the floor. <laughs> and the teacher's like, okay, you know. And they don't say a thing. No acknowledgement. And I remember being like, in my high school, someone, they would have both been in detention. They would yeah. have both been, you know, expelled, not expelled. What's the in-between? Uh, suspended. Suspended, yes. Yeah. Um, okay, so I have trivia here. Okay. I have a few more questions. What Just do you some trivia. Do? Let's let's close it Jody up. Jodie Foster turned down the role of Andy. See, I don't buy it. I don't buy this it This is what we were talking about before. Uh, we talked about the ending. Robert Downey Jr. talked about that. We talked about Greece. Uh, this is Molly's favorite film among all of her films. Because it's her. We talked about Alexa. Yes. Poor thing. Uh, the ending was reshot. We've already talked about all this stuff. You know what? One small thing is at Cats, I don't know the first band that's there, and maybe it's the same band, but it's the Rave Ups. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, Molly Ringwald's favorite band. Her sister was dating a member, and she also in Sixteen Candles. She's carrying around a binder, yeah. and she's written the rave ups on yeah. her binder. So, rave up. Do you remember that part? I they don't. actually sing there. That's kind of a thing, like an '80s thing, where your band is named something, and you have a song that says your band's name. Um, can you give me some examples? Well, that one, rave up. Um, let's see. Let me. Let me. Oh, big country. Remember Big Country? No. The band was called Big Country, and they had a song called Big Country. Doesn't Bon Jovi talk about himself a lot in songs? I don't know if he talks about himself. Jason Derula used to talk about himself all the time. He would always say Jason Derula at the beginning of the song. And I think a lot of... He's not a rapper. He's a singer. But I think a lot of rappers put their name in their song. Yeah. But Big Country is probably the most obvious one. I'm so glad that came to me. I'm very proud right now. Because your brain sometimes doesn't work as well as it used to? Yes. And the fact that that song would come to me. Why don't you play Big Country? Do you know that song? Uh, I don't. Yeah, just play it so everybody can hear it so they know what I'm talking about. Big Country. Have I ever heard this song? Yes, of course you have. When, once it starts, you'll you'll know. We'll see about that, sweetie. Song in my life. Shut up. Todd, where were you in the 80s? Everybody who's listening right now is saying, Kathy, you're the only person who's Todd, ever heard this song. No way. That song, way. Big Country by Big Country, was a huge song. If you turn on an 80s station, it's always on. You're just, you just were under, I will say it's you been, were under a rock with Andy's friends. I will say that this video has been viewed 3.5 million Thank times. Thank you. But I don't know how that it, they were. It was also, if this won't shock you, but it was a one hit wonder. This song has been played 14 million times. Oh boy, I wonder. I've heard of that song. I know. And they play that song about four times through this movie. It's a very John Hughes technique. And, but John Hughes didn't do St. Elmo's Fire, but they did the same thing in St. Elmo's yeah, Fire. Same same deal. Um, a few random observations. Okay. I never quite got into the Rocky scene of where she's remaking the dress. You, you know what I mean by the Rocky scene? Like Rocky Babble right, right, is right. a training before exactly. the big fight. Yes. I just, I didn't feel connected to it. Did you? When she's like... Cutting the dress and um, figuring out what to do with that one part that goes around her neck. Around her neck her and around her head. <laughs> but then she ends up with something around her neck. She does. Um, she hated that dress, by the way. Yeah. She thought it was horrible. Yeah. Um, let's see. Did I... I liked it. I liked that she went over and asked Iona for that dress. And since we're on that, sure. so I don't get off of this, what do you think about the fact that Iona starts dating Terrence? Yeah. The, he Good owns a pet Terrence. store. Yes. And that she changes her look. What did you think about that? Um, I thought she looked like a mom when she started dating Terrence. Right. And she looked much more sexy when she looked crazy. Really? Yeah. So when you saw Pretty in Pink the first time, were you like, Iona, what are you doing? Um, well, she did look kind of nuts in the beginning of the movie with the spiked with the hair spiked and hair. everything. Right. But then she had that like... That, that net. That net mm-hmm. thing. I don't know. And then she did the beehive when they yeah, were the doing beehive. prom. <laughs> so I... 
when I saw the movie, I loved that part. Like I would, and when I rewatch it, I would, it was kind of like the rewatchable part yeah. that I wanted to see where it was when Iona came out and looked so awesome. Yeah. Be- but the outfit now is like, whoa, like it's right. like yeah, a Maybe big- at the time that would have been more normal. Right. But now looking at it. But then my, you know, my feminist part of me takes hold and I'm like, is this what she wants? Do you know what I mean? I think she's more... That's a great question. I don't know. Because I was about to say she's more herself when she meets Terrence, but maybe she's changing who she is because He's she meets... so nice. Right. Um, yeah. And she's like, you know, Tyrone's not in the picture anymore. No, no it, more bondage. Tyrone and Iona broke up. <laughs> so she's going out with Terrence. Um, and... So I like that scene, but you know, it's just, would they do that scene the same now? And actually we were just watching a 30 rock or not 30 rock, a parks and rec last night where Ann, Ann Perkins, Ann Perkins, um, Ann Perkins keeps wearing outfits that her boyfriends wear. And, and she's trying to talk to Leslie about voting a certain way on the city council. And she's like, you just have to be yourself. And (laughs) Leslie's like, really? Mm -hmm. Because you're dating some cowboy guy and you're wearing cowboy outfits. And when you dated Andy, you wore, you know, flannel shirts and, you know, so and when she dates Chris Trieger. is finely tuned like a microchip and the flu is like a grain of sand. It could literally shut down the entire system. So the mayor asked me to step in as city manager. And I, of course, accepted immediately because Pawnee is literally <laughs> the greatest town in the country. Andy, that was an amazing shoe shine. I can't literally see my face in my shoes see you later he didn't he didn't pay me there is a pretzel stand over there that serves literally the best pretzel i've ever had oh my god i love chris traeger so some of you guys have no idea why we're playing rob Lowe clips uh parks and rec he plays a guy named chris traeger Traeger. yeah and it's we just have been watching well and when ann dates him she's wearing like athletic clothes all the time because he's working out all the time it's kind of like how we started with this because iona um, changed who she was. Honey, that's why I she... brought it up. Okay. Yeah, got it. <laughs> that's why I brought Sorry. it up. Sorry. <laughs> I was trying, as soon as you said Chris Traeger, I started searching. Yes, so I, I understand. Did, I so I was saying, I was making that comparison yeah. to it's the same thing that, you know, and that happened in the book and also the movie Eat, Pray, Love, Liz Gilbert's book. It's pointed, she, she figures out for herself that whoever I'm dating, I start to dress like them. I feel it, like we should do a uh, Parks and Rec pop culture. Yes. And just play clips. We should do a 30 Rock and a Parks and Rec. Yeah. Because those are my two favorite shows. Yeah. And But we're just on a Parks and Rec kick right now. All right. Anything else? Um, I feel complete. Okay. I feel complete. And I will say that I will finish by saying that after this movie was done, and it was obviously a hit, um, Andrew McCarthy and Molly Ringwald went on to make a movie called Fresh Horses that did not do so well. Imagine that. It was a little more of an adult movie, no John Hughes involvement. Um, an adult movie, sweetie? Yeah, there was. they were like older. Not like a porno, oh, okay. but like an adult. They were supposed to be like older, like she was married and mm. he was married or something. Didn't do so well. But um, you know what? This is just like St. Elmo's Fire. It's a big part of our history. That's right. I'm glad we had it. Thank you, John Hughes. And on a scale of 1 to 10, how do you rate this song? I can't stand this song. And I know I'm in the minority. I like this song. Orchestra Maneuvers in the Dark. OMD. Is that the name of the song or the band? No, the band. All right, we'll see you guys next week or something. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and feel free to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It helps people find us. Also subscribe to our Zen Parenting Radio podcast where we discuss self-awareness and mindfulness, sharing the latest research and pop culture. We're on our ninth year, but there's still always something new to discuss. Do you want more Zen Parenting? Check out our third podcast, otherwise known as Team Zen. One of our team members described it as an advice column meets group help meets like-minded community. With your $25 subscription, you get two live Zen Talks with an opportunity to ask us live questions, plus a Facebook community where you can interact or just listen to like-minded parents. If you can't join us live, you can still access all the Zen Talks through the Team Zen Podcast app. Zen Parity Conference 2020 is February 28th and 29th. We'll be discussing sex ed, gender, anxiety, neurodiversity, and healthy relationships. Go to zenparentingconference.com to get your tickets. Interested in inviting us to speak at your conference or organization? Go to zenparentingradio.com and submit a speaker request. And while you're there, check out our upcoming events or you can purchase one of my three books. 
If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link under the Support Us link on our homepage. It doesn't cost anything to you, but we get a small commission from Amazon. And guys, I have a one-on-one coaching practice. It's called Coaching for Guys. You want to achieve a better work-life balance or deepen your relationships with loved ones? We can talk in person, phone, FaceTime, you choose. And don't forget about Tribe Men's Group. We have a virtual community from men all over the world. Head on over to tribemensgroup.org or shoot me an email at todd at zenparentingradio.com. It's an opportunity for guys to come together and talk about what really matters. Finally, I want to give a special thanks to our founding partner, Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald-headed beauty, and the company he has is Avid. They do painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. Go to avidco.net or give him a call at 630-956-1800. Thanks for all your love and support, and keep on trucking.